I unfortunately have become somewhat of an expert in breaking resolutions. I'm So it has been a, a practice to how to keep them. No. Uh, so uh, somehow has inspired us now how do we actually go forward? And here are there are just some things that I've learned over the years. One member of this temple, this was a couple of decades ago, told this story. And maybe he's told it to you since, if you've been here. That he really wanted to come to our Wednesday night evening practice. Wednesday night practice. It was from 6.30 to 8.30, and the old days it used to be 6 to 10, and then a little shorter, a little shorter. But it's like a retreat in the middle of the week. But this person is a very popular person and very busy, so people were always asking him to do things with them. You know, and he was running restaurants, so he was very busy with his work. And uh, he was also a photographer, so he was very busy with that. And so it was really easy, in spite of his good intentions, to miss Wednesday night. And he didn't like that, as much as he liked all the rest, too. So he decided that he had to train the rest of his life to not ask him to do things on Wednesday night. So he began to say, I'm sorry, this is what I always do on Wednesday night. Let's arrange another time. And gradually, all his friends and family got trained. They felt good about coming. They actually felt good about him coming, too. (laughs) So you have to, we have to do our version of the things that we think are very important. And since self-cultivation, which includes your meditation practice, um, is the baseline for everything else, then how to figure out how to honor that? Remember, by helping yourself, you are helping others. Lots of wives say to their husbands at times, and vice versa, I think you need to go to the temple. You haven't been there enough. Another. The spirit of uh, resolutions can be reformatory. You know, you're out to reform yourself. and. It usually doesn't work at all. So how to bring your intentions into inspirations for yourself? One of the members at the Ann Arbor Temple is a doctor. And every morning he would get up and he would meditate from 4 to 5, and then he would study medical texts from 5 to 6. And as time went on, he was feeling like he was a dry old doctor. So all he was doing was reading medical texts. So one year, 
he was at the, the service. And uh, I asked people to share uh, what their resolutions were. And he said, it was interesting, I'm going to read some juicy fiction this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he said, because I've become a dry old fart of a doctor, in a certain sense. So we need to look at ourselves and see, not where we have to reform, but where we can really rouse um, dharma spirit and spirit to really be excited about whatever we're trying to do. Yeah. So those are two things. Let me see. My memory is getting... Oh yeah, my memory. This leads to the next thing. My memory is getting <laughs> very bad. So I have to write things down quickly or I forget them. So this next thing is that... And I'm thinking of your spiritual practice, perhaps you're meditating, perhaps you're chanting, perhaps you're studying, perhaps you're memorizing, that what is really important is that today or tomorrow or very soon, whatever you're deciding, you need to set up your environment. You've already set up your family and friends, hopefully, whatever, to encourage you. It's good to actually tell people what your resolutions are. You become much more accountable. Yeah. And then, for instance, at the, when um, I was teaching the meditation course, I would always uh, tell people that, you know, start with five minutes and be sure you have a place where you're going to do your practice and set up your home or your room so that it draws your attention. Because we have our computer, we have our iPhone, we have music, we have books and art, and, and, and. And that's all our, in our environment. So what we need to do is to build something into an environment that reminds us of our practice or our intention for self-cultivation. So it might be just a little table like this that you find. You go looking in second-hand stores. You clean it up a little bit. And then you put it in a place, and perhaps you have a mat and a cushion. You can get them here. Or perhaps you find a blanket that's just right that you fold for the mat and that you find a little cushion that's just right. And when you're shopping, sometimes you buy a flower to just keep on your table. Or take from your groceries and put a little fruit offering or a vegetable offering, some peanuts in a bowl. So you begin to cultivate and bring to life the place of your practice. Then when you come in and you've made the commitment that before you open the refrigerator door when you get home, you're going to go and do five minutes. It works. If you set it up like that, otherwise the refrigerator comes or checking the computer comes. I see you smiling a bit because you know. <laughs> so being creative in the setting up of an environment can you see how that's what 
Sun Holland residents do here. It's a very special environment. It's got a special taste. And so you need to create that for yourself. And eventually you may even get a Buddha figure, maybe not such a big one, but <laughs> you can find little Buddhas almost in every second-hand shop. What a wonderful thing to have a second-hand Buddha. <laughs> so, so I know that because Jungdo, who lives at this temple, comes home with Buddhas from everywhere. <laughs> so, this is how you create an environment. And then as you, and there may be other ways that you've thought of to help yourself, because we say our practice is about self-help. Sanha is not coming over to your place to, you know, provide a little discipline. That would be counterproductive, really. So it's your, you've got a lot, much more than you, energy than you think. Got a lot more potential than you think. Yeah. Everything is workable. Yeah. So that's enough. Thank <laughs> you.